Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. We're a music podcast. For music lovers. Once again, great show for you guys. Luke, why don't you tell them what they'll be expecting while I uh, pull up the pull up the goods here. We have the music news like we have for you every week. We are going to do a show roundup. Me and Michael went to a show this weekend in New Haven. We're going to tell you all about it. We are going to shout out shows we are going to, shows that Jeffrey is participating in and playing. We are going to talk Black Sabbath Volume 4, the 50th anniversary. Wonderful record excited to do it and then we have uh music reviews like we always do where we are going to highlight crimbin and view farca toure thank you collaboration album called ali and yep. then we are also going to cover the comet is coming jazz explosion it's going to be amazing stick Splosion. around <laughs> fast forward if you want yes and also remember to like and comment and subscribe let's go this is our theme song it is it's playing now I don't know why it's not playing. <laughs> it's really not playing. It will be at some yeah, point. Yeah, I pulled it up. What the fuck? I just I did what I always do. All right. You want to do a hard cut right there? No. Oh, okay. No. Here we go. Yeah? Yeah. yeah here. here. We're fine. There, there we it go. is. There it is. It's this damn uh, damn software thing. It's not software. Error. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right on. Cool. Well, gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's time for the good and great music news from the last week. Uh, Luke, would you like to uh, usher us in as you always do? Yeah. Um. Let's talk about Lizzo. Oh, Lizzo. I did see that. Yeah. Um. Was invited by the Library of Congress, who has the biggest flute collection in the world. Let me say collection right. The Library of Congress has the biggest flute collection in the world and they invited lizzo to play um james madison's flute from 1813 i believe it was his crystal flute you are correct about that it is made of crystal the magic flute the magic flute uh and lizzo got flute to play the, the magic stick so to speak <laughs> oh <laughs> One might say um so she uh Ian was invited Anderson is like what the fuck yeah, right? Yeah, Jess like, Lintol must be like, so I'm the, flout, I'm the flute guy. What the um, hell? And Lizzo got to play the flute, and um, she twerked with it. And she like literally was allowed to... Okay, you can hold this for 30 seconds and no, play. No, she got to play it on stage. Yeah, but I saw the clip of her playing it, and it was like, play three notes, and yes. then they're like, please gently give this back to us. <laughs> yeah. And then like the guy behind the lady who even received it like had a pillowcase, and he like, oh, like as it came down. Like, oh, Everybody was very nervous about this flute. crystal flute. James yeah. Masson, fifth, fifth U.S. president. Yeah. Uh, let me just give you uh, this what a quote guy. What a guy. from Lizzo real fast. <laughs> Bitch, I just twerked and played James Madison's flute from the 1800s. Thank you to the Library of Congress for, for preserving our history and making history cool. History is freaking cool, you guys. Well, so. <laughs> history is freaking cool, you guys. Right on. Well, uh, words of Lizzo in the crystal flute and wisdom. <sighs> um, uh, it, so more sort of. Oh, do you? Have uh, I just Lizzo. You can take this if you want. Uh, Lizzo and the crystal flute is a great children's show. It's an uh, opera. Yeah. Liz Lizzo yeah, and the that's crystal flute. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, rock opera. Uh, you can take that. Thank <laughs> a you. fantasy rock opera. It's like Lord of the Rings. Lizzo and the Crystal Lizzo, Flute. and the Crystal Flute. Uh, so to, I mean, I suppose, you know, she played at the White House. You know, she played in, in Washington, D.C. Some sort of governmental musical sort of intertwined news. Did you guys see uh, Roger Waters is continuing his uh, rampage of just upsetting people and talking about things that no one cares about? <laughs> um, let's hear it. What it let's, so this is our weekly Roger said, Waters news. Yeah, we might as well. There's no news about Snoop Dogg, so I figured I might as well talk about Roger Waters. Um, so Poland had canceled dates for Roger Waters' tour recently because Roger Waters had said some things about there being some like extreme nationalists in this, in uh, in Ukraine and to like get his country back on track or whatever. Um, you know, we stay neutral here, so we're, that's not what we're talking about. What I am going to talk about is the fact that that stuff happened, and then Roger Waters was mad, so he wrote a letter to Vladimir Putin basically in like a letter of disgust and i listen we talked about pink floyd last week okay i love pink floyd but just ro come on roger who no one cares you said, what, what you're saying you said we're neutral on this podcast 
Here's neutrality. Hey, Roger Waters. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 fuck no, yourself. no, 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 that's not what I meant. I didn't mean in the sense of how we feel about Roger Waters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fuck you, Roger Waters. Him and Neil Young. <laughs> dear, dear Mr. Premier. Yeah, right. Like, you know, yeah. I meant in terms of like, you know, bigger sort of political. What we're whatever. saying is uh, me and Michael are not at liberty to comment on geopolitical. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. I am not. A, I'm not an expert in the field by any means. But yeah. It's yeah. Roger just like, Waters is I'm just like, like Roger Waters, dude. What? Just go home. I support any government that bans Roger Waters. <laughs> <laughs> we can make those T-shirts. Keep an eye out for that. Build the wall <laughs> for, <laughs> for around Roger, Roger, Roger Waters. Waters. <laughs> Yeah, he said, quote, Dear President Putin, since the Russian Federation invaded Ukraine on February 24th this year, I have tried to use my small influence to encourage a ceasefire and a diplomatic settlement that addresses the security needs of both Ukraine and the Russian Federation. Also, why is Roger Waters, the guy who the said you can't have any pudding if you don't eat your meat, trying to solve the brewing Third World War? No one cares, Roger Waters. That's just, all I'm saying. Just a guy with a lot of big ideas. Yeah, right, right. Like just you know. Anyway, so that was my music news. I just thought it's it's just like I'm just you know it's like Roger Waters. Get it together, man. Well, you, you also doing? gave yeah. us some geopolitical news. So I did. Thank yeah. You. Thank you. I feel yeah. updated and informed. If you didn't know, Ukraine is in the middle of a war right now. <laughs> yeah. If you, in case you weren't <laughs> paying <What>? attention. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. There's my there's my hot take on the Roger Waters and the Ukrainian war. Um, this weekend was the second tribute concert for Taylor Hawkins held in Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, many people appeared, uh, the Foo Fighters, of course, Miley Cyrus, Pink, um, Wolfgang Van Halen, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Do you have the list? Uh, I have some or more some for you. Fun, um, yeah. I have some fun moments for you. Uh, Dave Chappelle was also at this event. Oh, um, yeah. This event happened today when we're filming, I think, or the day before, right? I think yeah, it happened it was today. Yesterday. Oh, okay, yesterday. Uh, Dave Chappelle has done this with um, the Foo Fighters before, but he came out and uh, performed Radiohead's Creep. Uh, this is also getting the garage's second week of Radiohead's Creep news. Uh, you're welcome. So this week, Dave Chappelle saying creep with them it was amazing mm -hmm. it was out of key it was very bismarck key and wonderful um mm -hmm. also did you love miley cyrus singing photograph, photograph? yeah i thought she kind of killed it yeah. i enjoyed that performance it was really fun and exciting and then she kept pulling the mic out when she couldn't uh hit the note on photograph which i also loved yeah she she was really good on that song yeah. i forget the lead singer of def leppard's name but he sounded like dog shit but he's like 65 years old <laughs> yeah he so doesn't he didn't sound great um, but she, when Joe she, Elliott. Joe Elliott. When she came roaring in, you were like, "Man, the power!" Oh, yeah. And she looked like um, Debbie Harry. Yeah, like she the, definitely she had the did. Debbie Harry like outfit and glasses and hair. So. Yeah, the sunglasses. Yeah. yeah and yeah, Pink yeah. did a. I forget what song she did, but Pink did a. Uh, the best of you. It might have been Foo Fighters song. Yes, yeah. and um, they also had them Crooked Vultures played again, yeah. and um, mm -hmm. Joan Jett opened up the show, yeah. and uh, Nancy Wilson from Heart was also. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So another good tribute to, you know, a guy lost far too soon. Yeah. yeah. And amazing, two amazing tribute concerts, which yeah. were, yeah. you know, yeah. very awesome. Cool. Um, Anything else? I, I do. Uh, speaking of people that we are kind of uh, always in a, uh artistic struggle with here on this podcast. Oh, I think um, I know what you're going to say. Oh, yeah. So uh, Beck, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the artist Beck covered Neil Young's Old Man uh, mm. off Harvest, I believe, mm. 1972. Um, and it was for Sunday night football. So after Sunday night football played, you got this like montage of Beck performing on a black stage with a spotlight. And then there was like TV in the background where you saw pictures of like Tom Brady and other oh. football stars. Ugh. And um, football it, stars, it, <laughs> football stars, sports. sports. How about them Giants? Huh? I, no, how about them Giants? I knew we talked Cowboys. But um, there's like a line, you're the line 20, 24, and there's so much more like uh, plays and like Tom yeah. Brady's going by. And um, it didn't look artistically good on any level whatsoever. Mm. I'll say that. It was a live performance or a studio? This is a studio. Yeah. It was really weird. Um, it looked like. Um, you know, it looked we it was weird. Um, and weird anyway, guy. Neil Young kind of shot back because Neil Young doesn't own his music anymore and can't decide where it goes and where it does not go anymore. Um, he sold his rights to hypnosis, uh, hypnosis, 
Uh, sure, the managing firm. Yes, yeah. the, the managing firm. Uh, he did that last year, so he does not control his music anymore. Well, whose choice was that? Right, his. And this is already yeah, the second yeah. big blow-up. He had the blow-up yeah. with Spotify and Joe Rogan that we all know about and talked about on this podcast. And now um, he put out like a little thing where he's like um, – uh, sponsored by nobody, like on a like yeah. his Instagram post. So it's whatever you sold it, you don't. You can't sell out if nobody wants to buy what you're selling. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Jeff. You guys don't like Beck? I didn't know no. that. Oh no, I like. No, no, I like. Oh, Beck. it's a Neil Young. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. oh, it's, it's gotcha, the Neil gotcha. Young. Hold on, just portion. for good measure. Hey, Neil Young. <laughs> hey, old man, take a look at this. <laughs> um. Yeah, man, I just don't like like the whole like let me listen to your music in what capacity I feel like I want to listen yeah, to it, yeah. and I feel like he's always just like you can't enjoy it here. And like the Sunday Night Football thing is artistically void. Let it be artistically yeah. void. The statement is on itself. It was it was looked like Beck was like whatever. It was in bad taste, but like yeah. it is what it is. Um, so I really don't enjoy what they're doing with my music. I really enjoyed that hundred and ten million dollars they gave <laughs> yeah, me though. Yeah. Like yeah, so that they didn't ask for his blessing. That's yeah. kind of what I'm saying well, in there, and um. They don't need it. They don't need it. That's so, right, they don't. Um, in other football news before we leave. <laughs> How are we? Oh, Listen, Luke guys. Luke Rubbers, sports. Luke Rubbers, quarterback in this episode. <laughs> I oh just hope God. they all have a good time. I just realized I'm not wearing my hat. I hope both, oh, sig- my I hope both hat. teams have fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you catch the match? Uh, Rihanna <laughs> is playing the Super Bowl halftime show this oh, yeah. year. So after Taylor Swift turned it down, supposedly. Oh, Jeffrey with the hot goss. I didn't know supposedly. that. Really? Uh, wow. Rihanna's so much better. You know what's gonna be really cool? Let's see if she does it. It might be a little too like on the nose. Rihanna brings out her like now seven month old baby. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> this is my child. For real. Baby. I I give that. I say it's. I say it's twenty percent likely that she does. Yeah, you think so? Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, predict a hundred percent likability that there will be articles that this uh, performance was too urban, too urban and sexual. Sexual. There you go. Yeah. That's what they're gonna call it. This, too, um, this performance provocative. was too provocative. overly yeah, provocative yeah. and very sexual. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, uh, let's just all remember what happened with Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake yeah. so many years ago. What happened is for five years afterwards, we got some of the worst dying old rock bands play the halftime show, and nobody yeah. liked it. Mm, uh, I'm looking Tom at Petty. you, the Who. Tom Petty's is pretty good. Who is pretty bad? <laughs> who is pretty bad? Yeah. Um, I, I Stones. Stones played. Stones, yeah, that. Stones did play, too. Didn't Aerosmith play, too? No, Aerosmith was before that happened yeah. because it was Aerosmith, Kid Rock, Britney Spears, and what sync, a maybe. lineup! And in sync yeah. and yeah. Kid Nelly? Rock, I don't, it, Kid it was Rock like and um, Steven Tyler th- are throwing microphones. Oh, microphones! Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Doing singing. walk this way. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty dope, actually. You know, <laughs> long live the kid. Yeah, long live the kid. Um, I have one just kind of like fun sort of uh, piece of music news. Sure. Uh, Willow Smith, who is known as like Willow in all caps, has changed her display name to Young Fiery Lass after posting a, I think, I don't know if it was on Instagram, but posting, yeah, on Instagram, a post of her playing along with uh, a song off of the new Primus EP. And it was uh, cap uh, like captioned, um, I fucking love Primus. Uh, if you haven't listened to da da da, that's a big issue. And then Les Claypool said, "Fine guitar picking there, young lass." Fine guitar picking there, young lass. So uh, she changed her display name to Fiery Young Lass. And uh, thank you, Les Claypool, for connecting with young and old and inviting us to head on down to the South Park. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Um, all right, cool. I have one more. Yep. I have Let's a uh, in memoriam, rest in peace. Oh yes, um, yes, yes. But a. Jazz legend, a jazz giant, died this week. Uh, Pharaoh Sanders, 81 years old, died. He was one of the leading figures in avant-garde and free jazz. He played with John Coltrane and Alex Coltrane, amongst others, early in his career in the 60s. He went on to be like a major figure in his own right. Uh, check out his albums, especially from like 1967 to 73. He released like six in a row that I think are just all great. Um, challenging listens but well worth it and he released his final album last year it was a collaboration with an electronic music producer named floating points and the london symphony orchestra and that album was called promises and it's like a seven oh no uh i think it's a nine piece kind of like jazz classical 
work. It's you know fifty minutes broken up into nine sections, and it's great. It's uh something he recorded when he was I guess seventy nine, eighty years old, and it's beautiful. It's not challenging like his early work, and uh, I recommend checking out Pharaoh Sanders, who was born Pharaoh Sanders, mm. but then Sun Ra gave him the name Pharaoh Sanders. Oh no yeah. way! Yeah, space is a place. <laughs> and he's he's described as um being like if you think of John Coltrane as the father, Pharaoh Sanders as the son, and then Albert Ayler is the Holy Ghost. Like the three legends of that kind of very out there saxophone playing. Yeah. Um check it out. Check it <laughs> challenging. You might only be able to check it out for twenty seconds, but <laughs> check it out. It's it's interesting. Right on. Very expressive, very spiritual guy. Um and just, yeah, major loss in the jazz world. He was, you know, one of the long-living guys who was still around from the fucking 50s. So, yeah. Well said. Okay. Right Good tribute. Great tribute. Um, so moving on. We, are, this week, or this month, I should say, are celebrating an anniversary. Luke, would you like to tell the good people? Uh, I would, but the, we, ha- we have some we have things one more before, thing this. before this. Oh, that's right. We do. Yes, I'm sorry. Michael, always no jumping the I'm so, gun. so sorry. I thought that we were going. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought we were going to do that at the, at the, ba- at the uh, back end of the first half. My bad. Um, so me and Mike went to a local show over the weekend, and we wanted to like highlight the show and tell you yep. what we saw. We enjoyed ourselves quite a bit. We went to Cafe 9 in New Haven. We saw. Thank you, New Haven. Thank you, New Haven. Not New Haven. Oh, says you. New Haven, says Connecticut. Says you. <laughs> we saw the, <laughs> the bands Smoke Below. We saw um, Sun Watchers. And then we also saw New Haven's own Mountain Movers. It was a fun time. Uh, please check out all those bands. Once again, that's Smoke Below, uh, Sun Watchers, and Mountain Movers. Smoke Below had like cool keyboards and saxophone. Um, Sun Watchers was like kind of out there um instrumental music with a saxophone they did yeah. great really awesome like and guitar. their bass player was like phenomenal what yeah Sorry. alex here phenomenal bass yeah player. alex was, went to the show too yeah. yeah uh so yes some watch they had such a great bass player really cool saxophone lines mixed with the guitar lines um really like them and then um mountain movers the sludgy crazy horse adjacent um band from Connecticut Mm -hmm. they play like I said like crazy horse inspired kind of indie music it's really cool um please check them out and yeah and with that being said I want to highlight some more local shows coming up in the Connecticut area um safety meeting records is holding a show at the state house in New Haven on 11 10 22 um Please check that out. Slime the Family Stoned will be there. Them Airs will be there. Aura will be there. And Laminate. Uh, I really know Slime the Family Stoned, and I'm really excited to go see them. So please check out that show. Once again, that is at the State House in New Haven on 11 10 22. And we also have um, Jewett City's own Enemy the Illest. He's playing at the Strange Boo Pub when hip hop returns to the Rose City. And that is going to be on October 8th, 2022 at 8 p.m. So check that out. Strange Boo Pub, Pub, Enemy the Illest, bringing hip-hop back October 8th, 2022. And I'm playing a couple local gigs um, in the next month. I play with my cover band, 20th Century Kids, uh, a few times. I don't know when the next one is, but I'll announce that when I find that. But I I started playing with a group called A Former Friend, which is made up of Toby Fatsinger and Amanda Crawford, a husband and wife songwriting, uh, performing duo that have been performing together i assume for a decade or 15 years however long they've been together and uh the drummer in that group is danny fleet and i'm playing bass with them and we are playing at the stomping ground in putnam on saturday october 15th and we're playing at the starlight in southbridge mass on october the 29th which is also a saturday right and that's alt country if you like um you know tom waits and john prine and johnny cash and Wilco and that type of music. Mm. It's cool stuff. I'll have to bring a, the copy of the vinyl that Toby gave me. We'll display that. And, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah for maybe sure. Maybe do a review of that at some point. Yeah, uh, yeah. I would love to. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, okay, so now, now, onward we go to the album of the year. No, I'm just kidding. I, um, I, I. <laughs> it was recorded in May of 1972, and it was released in uh, September of 1972, that same year. 
and uh, it is uh, what you may call a cocaine fever dream. Uh, maybe were they doing cocaine at this point? Yet? Oh my god! Yeah, the yeah, right. The soup Were they doing cocaine? Yeah, right, 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 right. Only quote the the whitest, cleanest, hardest cocaine that's ever been made. <laughs> like that's Ozzy Osbourne's quote. Yeah. Let me tell you about the making of Volume Four by Black Sabbath. Yeah, Volume Four it. was made, I believe, in a mansion in L.A. Bell area and Will Smith's mansion from the show. <laughs> <laughs> um. Most of them don't remember making a lot of it. Yeah. It was heavily fueled by massive amounts of cocaine use. The owners of the house were frightened by the band, not because of their evil, because there was mountains of cocaine and Ozzy Osbourne was having like psychotic um, reactions to the heavy amount of drugs and so were the rest of the band. I believe there was numerous fires set in this house when this was going on. Um, a lot of drama, bad stuff. And mostly, most of them cannot remember making this album that well. They remember a little bit of it. Yeah, yeah. the album was originally titled Snowblind after the song, and because of the experience of being so cocaine-induced, and the record label yeah, rejected it. It says the, uh, the band regularly had speaker boxes full of cocaine delivered. Yes, to the house. That's wild, man. And the cocaine thing with... Cocaine is a drug. We talk about, um, you know, drugs on the show quite frequently but um a lot of the time it really has hand in hand with music especially black sabbath we're talking black sabbath's first album they are a marijuana and mm. um booze band oh, and yeah, it, yeah. you can definitely tell psychedelics are uh heavily involved and as they progress through their career we're at this point we're at volume four they've made their stoner metal classic uh, Masters of Reality before this this album the band started doing heavy amounts of cocaine and you can also tell because all the songs in this record are va- are faster mm. most of them have yeah. a um, up tempo thing mm. to them and the highs on this album are very all up here where yeah. old Sabbath albums really had a stinky low end that would just sink yeah. in there this album's a little different than that yeah there's I mean I think there's a lot of great songs on the album i mean changes of course it's which is the ballad famously covered by um uh, why am i blanking on his name uh charles bradley. Uh, charles bradley thank you um but you know it's a little you know you can tell there's it sounds it's like un, it's somewhat uneven yeah right say. right because like the bangers are bangers but it's like other stuff you're kind of like eh, okay i mean i guess you know well let's talk about the real fart on this record which is fx <laughs> yeah the real fart <laughs> which is yeah like, but that's like a is but i mean at least it's only a minute it's and a minute and a half of experimental bullshit which is yeah. like every band does which that kind they of stuff. they went and recorded after quote sitting in a room doing drugs yeah, according yeah. to bill ward <laughs> You don't say. Oh wait, no, that was cornucopia. I'm sorry, not FX. That yeah. was cornucopia. Bill but, Ward, but I mean, every supposedly song was that. so drunk during this whole time too that he was like, "Yeah, every day I'd, le- I'd leave recording thinking that they were going to fire me." Yeah, right. And, and this is the band. These dudes. So this is this is Black Sabbath's fourth album. Uh, these dudes are 24 years old. Yeah. So these aren't like old guys being like, ah, oh, we burned our... Br-. These are people younger than anybody in this room. Yeah, right. Who right. are just like, fuck our lives. Who gives a shit? Yeah, like, one's completely shit-faced, and then yeah. the other ones just are just doing cocaine and Ugh. whatever other drugs, too. I mean, it's like... Sniffing heroin. They start sniffing heroin during oh, this time, Jesus. Too. Oh, yeah. So... What are the highlights of this record? Because obviously, it's Supernaut is one of the Supernaut, best songs on this record. I love Snow. I do Snowblind. love Snowblind. Snowblind is a killer tune. Yeah. Um, changes. Right. Yeah. Ch- changes. changes is one of Black Sabbath's best songs. Yeah. And this is the record where this is the Sabbath record where the switch up. I guess it works on Planet Caravan too, but this is a complete switch up. And yeah. It works so well. And then they never after this. I don't think they ever really did that kind mm. of switch up again that worked. Yeah. Um. Mm. Like there is that song that Bill Ward sings on "Never Say Die" that is terrible. Okay. Um. It, so it, is the rest of the album. It sounds like a Beatles song. It is so bad. Um. I forget the name of it, but yeah, that me. and technical ecstasy, man. Whew, stinkers. Yeah, you're talking about albums that are so bad. I would never even listen to those albums. Right. Yeah. But well, as, you don't need to. You don't need me. to. We're, we listen to them for, for you. you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, never, never say them. die is a killer track though. Let's yeah. let's be straight. Yeah, single. This was also their first self-produced album. Uh, their first three albums were produced by Roger Bain, and then this album was mostly handled by Tony Iommi, the guitar player. And uh, you know, like standard fare, the most majority of the lyrics were written by Geezer Butler, and mm. music was written by Geezer and Tony together. 
Um, I think Ozzy sounds great on this. I was like a very big, I was like an Ozzy non-believer because I didn't grow up listening to this music. I, I started listening to Black Sabbath when I was like, maybe like 16. Like, yeah. I don't know. They were like one of the last of that classic 60s, early 70s bands I ever even listened to. Um, and I always knew Ozzy as like the bumbling idiot from MTV. And yeah. he he rips, man. Like, the at least like the first six. So basically like all the albums he's with the band. Yeah. Are great, great singing. Yeah, vocally and stuff. Great yeah, singing. he's not, you know. And the, this isn't his best, but there are moments on this album that it's like, psh, yeah, this guy's one yeah. of the greatest singers in rock music. And yeah. at this point, too, it's not so much Ozzy just singing like right to the riff. Like, right, right. I, uh, right. Like he's more like, what you say is what you do. Right. Like there's like more harmony to right. everything going on in this record. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I dig it. So uh, we wanted to do something fun real quick. We did yeah. kind of the same thing with the Pink Floyd albums last week. So we're going to maybe say like our top, you know, our top four. Count them down. Top four or five uh, records. For me, it's kind of. Oh, actually, no, no, no. Yeah. There I'll, is, I'll there hit, is, you want me? I'll hit it first. Yeah, I'm, hit it I'm first. very confident. Okay. Number five uh, is a pick from 1980. The first album by Black Sabbath featuring Ronnie James Dio. Oh, uh, I didn't know we were adding Dio. Are we adding here. Dio? Heaven, it's called Heaven and Hell. We're this adding. Heaven and Hell oh, this is rough. This is gonna make it hard. Yeah, but Heaven and Hell is better than any, than only you know yeah. the other four I'm about to name. So if I wasn't gonna put Heaven or Hell, if I'm gonna just keep it Ozzy Sabbath, it would be, um, I guess Sabotage. I guess Sabotage. Yeah. Uh, number four for me is Volume Four. Yeah. Number three for me is Master Reality. Yeah. Because. Uh, you know, doom sludge metal classic. Uh, number two, the album recorded in one day, the first Black Sabbath album, the album that shows like, oh, you think of metal music as like this precision, like, duh, 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 duh. and it's like, no, this is a band that's like, like Swingy. swingy and yeah, and like l- kind of lopping and like in a cool way, like jazz, yeah. jazzy way, especially the drums and bass. And then number one for me is the class Paranoid. Is yeah. it's just like one of the greatest albums in rock history yeah. to me. So. Ooh, all right, okay, Luca. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put sabotage at number five. Is that what you had? Yeah. I think my list is gonna be the same. Heaven or hell is what I really have, but I'll put sabotage mine is there. yeah, mine's really sabotage, and then my list is the same exact as Jeff's. Yeah, yeah, okay. all the way down. Yeah, uh, sabotage is the one of the last late great Sabbath records. Um, I love that hole in the sky is one of the most classic mm-hmm. songs. Very underrated. Is sabotage? I think that is the last one of that with Ozzy. No, the last no, one is Never one Say more. Die. It goes, um, it goes Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, then and I believe sabotage. it's Sabotage. Oh, I forgot about Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. I and then it goes Like those Rake Wakeman, Rake Wakeman, Rick Wakeman uh, synths. Yeah. Then it goes Technical <laughs> Ecstasy, then Ugh. Never Say Die, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nonsense. my my favorite Dio Sabbath album is Mob Rules. So six, number six then, if we're going to say that, or like number five maybe, interchangeable. Uh, and then, yeah, I would, my, I mean, my list is pretty much exactly the same except for, so not exactly the same. So number five would be Sabbath, bloody Sabbath. Cause I do love that record. Number, sorry, that number five, number four would be volume four. Number three would be master of reality. Uh, I would actually just go in chronological order. Two is paranoid. And one for me is the first okay. Sabbath album. Cause I, that first yeah. Sabbath album, I like the first Sabbath album, but the second one has such better songs on it. Song songs. It does, and it, Ozzy yeah. sounds so much better on the second fucking, one. I mean, it sounds good, but it's like that. It's like how hand of doom, man. It's like how, yeah, fucking you know, hand how, of doom, uh, man. fairies wear boots. How, what's his name? Such a good record. Uh, Aerosmith. Yeah. Steve oh, Tyler. Tyler. How he like got better as albums went on. Like yeah. Ozzy's so like in his throat on that first album. And it, it sounds good, but that's like he like unleashes on that second one. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So all respect to your order. Yeah, yeah. Right on. So okay, shall we take a quick shall we take a quick break and uh we'll come back with our two new album reviews. Oh, you wanna do the give the Ozzy? You're number one. You're number one, is how he does. All the time. <laughs> well, you're number one, Ozzy. We love you. About fifty times a song. <laughs> we'll be right back. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hofner Guitars. I have here the Hofner Shorty. It is a full-scale, travel-sized guitar. You can find this and all of their products at HofnerGuitars.com. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Get in the Garage. We're the music podcast. For music lovers. Time for our two new album reviews. Jeffrey, would you like to usher us into our first one? Sure. Uh, First new music we're going to be reviewing is a collaborative album. 
from View Farca Torre and Krunbin, pronunciation challenge, both of those artists. Um, it's an album called Ali. Uh, View Farca Torre is a Mali singer. Is it Malian? I'm, I don't know. It's from, he's from Mali in Africa. Yeah. He's a singer. He's a guitar player. And he is the son of perhaps like the second most famous musician of the last hundred years from Africa. His father is Ali Farca Torre. And this album is called Ali in tribute to his father who passed away about 15 years ago. Mm. And all the albums that are done on this album, I'm sorry, all the songs that are done on this album are compositions by Ali Farca Torre. And Krunbin is a perfect collaboration with him because that's a band. If you're not familiar with them, they're like hot on all the, you know, magazines and radio and whatever. Festival circuit. Yeah, right. All the like people in the know really love Krunbin. And it's a band that is a three-piece that's very like hypnotic, soulful, instrumental, funky music with some minimal vocals. So this album is much of the same. And uh, what they do is so influenced by the music of Ali Farka Touré and mm-hmm. his son, View Farka Touré. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I think it's like eight or nine songs, maybe, something like that. Uh, eight songs? It's 37 minutes and two yeah. seconds song, uh, long. So yeah. and it's very yeah. like mystical, and it's like lots of delay and reverb and like a cool vibe and like great yeah. bass playing and like great like hypnotic drumming and mm-hmm. and uh the guitar playing of Krunbin is very much like fits in line with the guitar styles of Mali which is like this snaky desert blues kind of music so yeah yeah I I I did enjoy this record it's it's interesting because it's a um it really is sort of like it just creates like you have to you kind of are immersed into this world you know what i mean it is very very it engulfs the listener it's kind of it could be like sound bath ish mm-hmm. i think krungbin is just like that in general yeah. anyway so it's that with that african desert blues kind of peppered in on top of it i was telling luke i found this record to be sort of reminiscent of do you remember when the black keys did that junior kimbro album sure yeah um i can't remember the name of the record for i believe it was just called the black keys junior kimbro it may ha- yeah it may uh may have been um it was kind of like this psychedelic like gun on the cover i think or yeah. something like that that um but it's it to me it gave me that sort of a vibe you know and um not that it sounds the same as much as it was like oh okay so this is like clearly like a tribute album to like a major influence guitar obviously in this case you know black keys are not related to junior kimbro in any way obviously there's the relation um with this record but uh yeah i enjoyed it i same thing like i really liked this the the um that snare that when the snare hits and you hear the spring reverb, yeah, right. Like right. I like that effect. Uh, there's a lot of like fun like oohs and ahs that are kind of peppered in with that big soaking wet reverb. You know, I love. I'm a sucker for a reverb album. You know, like I do love stuff that's soaked in reverb. So uh, yeah, I found it to be uh, pretty enjoyable, man. It was, it was definitely. We're gonna talk about the comet is coming, but it was definitely a good. I listened to them in that order, and this was definitely a great record to listen to after listening to the comet is coming. You know, it was a nice yin yang kind of thing. Uh, I think the other thing to be noted, you're talking about like the stylistically how the record sounds sonically in there. This record was recorded live, so what right. would happen is Crimbin, the backing band, didn't know the songs that they were going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they brought him in the studio, and it was like, "This we're going to do this song. It didn't tell them the context of the lyrical nature of the song. All the lyrics in the song are sung in different African languages of uh, Mali. Is that correct? Yeah. And so when he comes in, he didn't tell them, like, this song's a heavy song. This is a happy mm. song. This is whatever. And they just vibed out to the mood of the song, which is also very interesting of note because some of these songs are of great struggle, and – they don't really sound like they're of great struggle, but if you like are reading up and you're like, oh, okay, this song's about this thing and that thing, and mm. um, the music has a different kind of off-kilter tone to maybe how some of those songs originally uh, were recorded and perceived. If you're also going back and listening to some of the original recordings from um, The Father, very sparse, some of them just guitar and vocal on some of them, so you're getting a very vast change into... Um, so it's a very interesting tribute album because it's really not like a straight like this is what my father did. It's this is what I do, mm-hmm. and then this is the you know the music to the songs. Um, the way you said the spring reverb is hitting, you're only gonna get that kind of hit if you're listening to a live band because the hit from the drum vibrates the spring. If you're recording everything separately, you'd never get those interactions mm-hmm. intertwining with each other. So yeah, um, 
just of note, there's that Alkaline Trio's God Damn It. That record was recorded live. Uh, very different record, but you can hear the spring reverb every time it punches on the snare, and it goes dink, 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 and it makes, like, hammer nail sounds. Hmm. So a uh, different sound, but very interesting to hear because most of the things we listen to now are recorded. In all isolated. All and, isolated. Right, right. So there's a very human connection on this record as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so songs of note, maybe. Any? You guys have any? Any? Any ones? Um, I like. Ma, uh, I'm, I, please excuse my just pronunciations. Hit, yeah, uh, mahine, Mahine me. I like that me. one a lot. Yeah. Um, that was like their most like upbeat sort of like oh, blues that was kind cool. of song. Like I really enjoyed that because most of the album is fairly mellow, but that one kind of got a little bit a uh, little pep in the step, a little oomph in there. Um, I like the track Diarabi. That yeah, was my that favorite was one of track mine too. That, that had that had a really nice pronounced most the spring reverb yeah. on the snare. That one and that had like kind of like this oozy type of. It must have been a keyboard like pad thing coming in, and there's some like wad, not like but like some like gradual wah sounds. Yeah, um, I like that song. T- I think uh, Tamala. I think that's the track where it's kind of like this one slow down speed, and then the last minute and a half. They like not double it up, but get to this like oh cool mm. like kind of like dancey last minute and a half. Yeah, all the songs you guys named were like the highlights yeah. that are for me. Um, I also like the Lobo, the second track on there. Yep, that one. That was another good. one I looked up to and mm. like uh, heard the original love, so that was pretty interesting. But yeah, I really I liked how the vibe of it was like you really did get lost in it. Mm. Like by the time you're in like the middle of this record. Uh, like the, on the first listen, if you're just kind of like it'll, you will sink right into this record, and you will not know where you are. Like yeah. it's that kind of record. You're like, how many songs have been playing? Is mm. this the same song? They sound very different, but it's just so relaxing, and uh, mm. that's how I felt about it. It was just really relaxing and <laughs> sweet and sentimental, yeah. even though you didn't know any of the yeah. words. It had all of those sonic feelings mm. to it. I right. felt. Yeah. And Again. if and if you're unfamiliar with world music, um like this is where the musical vocabulary of American blues originated is in countries like Mali and Niger and Ghana, um all the cultures from which the slave population was taken from mm-hmm. that transformed American music with the blues and uh so you hear that kind of that um kind of that culturally a Muslim type of musical thing where it's a lot of like, da, 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 like these like melisma type things. Mm. But you also hear the guitar playing is like the lead guitar style that, you know, Eric Clapton and Jimmy Page and all those guys would rip from the Delta Blues guys who yeah. got it from people from this country in like the 1860s, you know, yeah, 1840s. Right, right. Like this music has been around a while, which is why it has that like mystical, spiritual, mm. like, ethereal thing is like this this has been music that's been playing for possibly hundreds of years right yeah. right yeah i didn't even Very think cool about that song. too yeah right on cool um so uh, if we're gonna give it a rating what would you guys say if we're given uh because we do give our, our new albums ratings uh yeah this one's gonna be a little bit like hard for me it's hard to judge an album i don't know what they're singing about contact like sure. you'd have to really like research it to be like mm-hmm. this is how i feel about this um how did i vibe to this record yeah that's more how I'm going to review this. So I'm going to go 7-5 um, on this record. I liked it all the way through. There wasn't a track that I found distasteful in any way. For me, it just was kind of like I, if one less song was on here, I wouldn't have missed it mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm. So 7-5 might return to it, but it's definitely like a vibey record. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, right. Uh, I'll go the same with you. I'll go 7-5 on it too. I felt the same way. I felt like... I told Luke and anybody who watches the podcast knows that what I'm about to say is not a bad thing or any sort of thing like that. It is background music. It's vibe music. It's like, you know, you're kind of having like a nice relaxing evening. You know, you have some friends over something like that. You know what I mean? You like have a drink, smoke, whatever, Um, you know, throw this record on. And this is like a nice vibey music to have some people over and just kind of have a chill evening. So I'll say seven, five for me. Yeah, Uh, this is an eight, five for me. Um, I love Kronbin. They're one of my favorite bands. And I love world music, especially African music. And it's an 8.5 because, like, I feel like there's a little too much reverb and atmosphere coded onto things. And uh, 
if I would just have appreciated like a slight more variety, so to speak, a little mm. bit more, yeah. maybe pick up the pace on two more of the tracks or something. But I'm picking Nits because it's eight five. I love this. So. Cool. Cool. Right on. So there you have it. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Um, so on to the last album review. Bef before moving on, can yes. I shout out some things? Um, yes. Other African music to check out. Um, oh, yeah. Check out, if you enjoy this album, check out a compilation by Somali artists. It was like lost tracks from the 70s and 80s. It's called Sweet as Broken Dates. Uh, check out an album by Abo Taylor called My Love and Music. He's a, a singer from Ghana who was part of the High Life, which is like pre preceding Afrobeat music. Um, check out another Mali band called Songhai Blues, their debut album called Music in Exile. So that's a band that is fully influenced by Ali Farka Toure. Uh, check out anything by Madhu Mukhtar, who's from Niger. Uh, Afrique Victim is his latest full length that is really outstanding. And Fela Kuti, the king of Afrobeat, um, the compilation is called Best of the Black President. There you go. But yeah, you listen to any of those things, just put it on, drive. Like, you're, I don't think any of that stuff's in English, but like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's like some of the best, some of the best music ever. And yep. a lot of that is like algorithm blessed from Spotify randomly. <laughs> so thank you. Praise be. You Praise know, be to the, uh, the uh, primordial yeah. algorithm. I'm going to show this up to the camera so you can get the spelling of it. But this is uh, Calabar I2 Road. This is Groovy Sounds from Eastern. Is that Nigeria? You pronounce that? Right? Nigeria. Thank yeah. you. I just wanted to get it right. 1972 to 1982. Mm. Um, Nigerian music from Africa has a great psychedelic period. Yeah. Um, there's some of that on here, but this is more of like traditional music mm. um, mixed in with that. And it's a great compilation of that style of music. And this is my first introduction to African music. Um, this is a great compilation. Uh, once again, that's Calabar ITU Road. Uh, groovy sounds from southeastern Nigeria. So, yeah, shout out. I mean, yeah. listen to world music, listen to African music, man. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, most of the music you enjoy, this is the genesis of it. Well, like, too, know. I listen to, I have another record from ours I love, R.E. Rugi, but he's from um, Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. And okay. that guitar playing on that record reminded me a ton of this uh, Crimbin album. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. just the swirling, like, triplets up and stuff. Yeah. So. yeah. And these are guys, like, for the most part, they're like playing on. Hundred dollar Squire guitars, oh yeah, homemade amps made from like four inch radio speakers, and yeah. they're some of the most uh, accomplished, like outstanding musicians. So like, it's just proof that it's all about what's in your mind and heart and how you express yourself. It like, yeah. fuck three thousand dollar guitars and all, you know. Oh yeah, whatever. I mean the Delta the Delta Blues guys do the same thing, right. even like more you know Junior Kimbrough. You know what right. I mean? So right on. So there you go. Um, onward to the next album review. This album just came out as well. It is by the jazz, experimental jazz trio. Uh, the Comet is Coming. Uh, the name of the record is Hyperdimensional Expansion Beam. It's out on Impulse Records. 11 songs, 45 minutes and 37 seconds long, featuring uh, Shabaka Hutchins on sax, Dan Lever, Levers, Lavers on keys, and Max Hallett on drums. And, also uh, known as King Shabaka, yes, King Danalog, Shabaka. who plays synthesizers, yeah. and Betamax, who plays drums. <laughs> Thank you for giving us the, the nicknames, yeah. And they are from London. And this album is called Hyperdimensional Expansion Beam. You know what this music sounds like? A Hyperdimensional hyper <laughs> Expansion <laughs> Beam. Yeah. This, it's like, it's trance electronica with a lead sax instead of like a vocalist. Yeah, and it is yeah. intense. One might call it an all-out assault on the ears, <laughs> at times anyway. Um, yeah. I I would like to call it dubstep jazz, yeah, sure, because sure. the horn line is doing like the crazy uh, edits that like the the drops yeah. and the, the... Yes. that yeah, dubstep yeah. would do. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of that uh, saxophone playing on this record that sounds yeah. very reminiscent of that. It's very cool. There's some more like standard jazz stuff on here, but it's mm -hmm. basically fried in with like intense. S intense electronica with 
some mm. saxophone on there. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, like sort of retro sounds in there, like yeah. what you might consider like 80s mm-hmm. sci-fi sounds, if you want to call it that. Um, we listened to it the other night. Alex and I were doing a workout with my cousin Jimmy, and he said, this sounds like Tron, man. You know? Like, yeah, so for, exactly. <laughs> I mean? Exactly. Like, so, that's, so that's really what it is. There's a lot of, yeah, those kinds of the key stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys want to get into like songs of note. Oh, but, let's get into songs of um, note. Let's... I'll, I'll start off with a song that I actually really really liked but luke told me is his least favorite on the album atomic wave dance okay uh that song was crazy and my son and i danced to it in the living room yesterday and it was a lot of fun and we had fun and it was just you said crazy what what aspect of it was crazy it's just it was very very intense there's a lot of those like um like stabbing saxophone and that's what it is it's like like jamaican air horns on the sax yeah it's just so intense and he and he just he like He'll either do just like stabs with one note, or he'll go between two note stabs, and it's just like like that kind of stuff. Or do like triple it run, like and you're just like God. He's a guy. I mean, he's much more melodic and all that, but he is a guy who loves Pharaoh Sanders. Right, right. I said I said triplets. I meant more of like paradiddles, like paradiddle, paradiddle. His sax playing to me reminds me of like. If you made a Jamaican like a dance hall singer and you just gave him the like peanuts like bah, 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 yeah. because like the timbre of the sax has that like bark and rasp like how the best like Jamaican guys are like right 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 yeah I didn't even think of that that's a good yeah. that's a good catch because that's what it is yeah. right that's that tone man um did you guys I see did you like like Tokyo Nights into pyramids because that was another like yeah, man. epic yeah. like Tokyo Nights is a like setup where you're you get like this it's pr- the most trony track on yeah. the record and then it goes into pyramids which it's just is an, like it's an appar- it's a appetizer it's like an appetizer <laughs> for like for the club for like you're doing LSD in yeah. a pyramid, and then before like forty, the lead up to this is you were doing LSD in Tokyo. Yeah. It's like what is going yeah. on? Yeah. Um. So it's got like a lot of that going on. Pyramids was a intense, intense song. Yeah, that's the one where it's got those hits where it goes. Pyramids is the most like if you said what does this band sound like pyramids is what they sound like right, their earliest right. earlier releases they have a handful of songs that are very much like that mm. that's um, like their bread and butter and yeah songs like uh code into technicolor the mm. first two tracks are kind of the same um of that and uh technicolor is more of a like hard like electronic with like the that's more like the yeah. dubstepy sound and that the they're cool doing key intro too that's like wow 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 like but, that um, thing. in between those two like intense songs mm. of pyramid and technicolor you have lucid dreamer which, which is just... which is luke's vibe all day long yeah. i i am lucid dreamer yeah. this is the <laughs> song for me man this is the track yeah it was more conventional jazz mm. it had um like more how would i say almost like Beboppy like yeah, yeah. Uh, horn lines mm-hmm. going through there as opposed to like you know mm-hmm. electronic influenced mm-hmm. horn mm-hmm. so that was a really cool and then underneath it they textured it by having all that be like super spacey like psychedelic jazz underneath which I really liked and yeah. that song was a big highlight on this record for me Yeah, I like this song um, Frequency of Feeling Expansion which to me was like if you took a song off of Beyonce's latest album mm-hmm. and you just had a sax play the vocal line. It was very much like these like expressive runs that were um, very like acrobatic and, um, you know, very R&B influenced. And that was my, uh, the other one that yeah. like AB'd uh, the uh, Lucid Dreamer. Mm. Like that one is the other one that was yeah. more conventionally it's like very pretty and, but it's very intricate and, yeah. yeah, it had, like, yeah. a lot of crazy, like, things going on, but it was, like, the horn lines were really, like, the melody of the horn mm. lines were so beautiful and mm. not uh, abrasive on you. Mm. Yeah. That was another one that I shouted out. Because, like, I loved when they got mellow because it was, like, a relief from when they were so, like, mm. like, the universe is coming! It's expanding! Yeah. Like, that's what this, like, this album sounds like. Someone's yelling at you in saxophone that the universe <laughs> is expanding. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I don't speak saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) We gotta do something about global warming. So this this band, this was another like 
thank you to the internet because I came across this band. They did a tiny NPR Tiny Desk concert, mm. um, uh, maybe three, four years ago, and like live at the Tiny Desk, it sounds exactly like this album because it's drums that are just like like just breakbeat. It's the keys that are just so thick and woozy and mm. enveloping, and then the sax is just like ripping and with like delay and reverb pedals and. So check out the tiny desk. Yeah. 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 So if we're gonna give this a rating, then fellas, what do you, uh, what do you, what do you, what are you, what are you feeling? It's. I find this. I think this is gonna be a hard rating for for me oh, anyway. That's easy but, for me. So Jeff, why don't you? Or uh, Jeff, go first, please. Yeah. Why don't you lead us off? Um, set the tone. I'll set. The just tone. remember. Just remember. <laughs> that's a tone. <laughs> just remember, Journey was number seven. He was a seven. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the benchmark. Um, uh, not to be repetitive, but like you know, kind of a rating because I didn't think it was perfect. I didn't think it was amazing. I will go back to this all the time because I love this band. Uh, eight and a half, eight point five. Yeah, yeah, I love this shit. Like, I can't listen to it at all hours of the day, but kind of in a way I can. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna repeat myself this round as well. I'm gonna give it a seven five. I found myself kind of like at first listen because i listened to it twice yesterday and then again today and i found it to be kind of difficult up front but today like going back and just kind of listening to it again just to like make the notes and just like be like okay let's like let's just i found myself kind of being like oh shit i think i gotta I like let the brain dance to it yeah man so it's you know so seven five for me seven five for me i'm gonna answer this honestly i think this is a six five for me it's just i don't this music is very abrasive and, and in the style if you're gonna do that more concise like 30 minute record for me would be where it's at because it is so intense and hard um yeah but having said that it's not a bad record it's a really fun listen but uh for me it's like that that's intense it's intense yeah you know what it reminded me of like listening to animals as leaders i don't know why yeah, yeah. i thought about oh, that yeah. but i was like oh this is the same kind of like like future you know because they're yeah. they're like the futuristic progressive metal side of the coin you yeah. know what i mean in that sense i guess you could call it that but very still experimental and very like in your facey and kind yeah. of like you know i yeah, can see them i think all three of us listen to pretty extreme and all areas of music at times so like for us it's like it's not crazy jazzy. It's not crazy electronic. But like, if you aren't into electronic music at all, you're gonna get one track in and be like, oh, I don't know how I like this. Well, and if you yeah. think that jazz is like this toxic word that you have to avoid, you're gonna go, oh, I hate, I hate jazz music. And it's like, all right, well, whatever. Yeah. Like for me, if this was like uh, avant-garde saxophone mm. over the whole thing, I might like it. Maybe a little, you know what I mean? Right. It it is more conventional saxophone playing for the majority of it. Ex it's it's pretty like Mike mm -hmm. kind of demonstrated. It's kind of vocally, it's not really like yeah. Right, right, yeah. It's more like single notes. It's yeah. not it's not laying on that Charlie Parker line. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So this has been getting the garage. Before we wrap up, just don't forget to like and comment and subscribe and share the podcast with all your friends and family and everybody. And uh, make sure you uh, leave comments and uh, review us on Apple uh, Podcasts as well. Awaken the primordial algorithm, please. Before we go, go. Yeah. I just want to shout out Wake Big Takeover Magazine. Uh, I subscribe to this magazine. It is a great indie magazine. It is run by a real person. He wrote me a real letter. I read this magazine. I'm now a subscriber of it, but I bought it before. So the big takeover, check it out. Enjoy it. Wonderful. Cool. He wrote me a real letter. He, he wrote, wrote me a real letter, man. This is not man. my girl from Canada. <laughs> she goes to a different school. Real letter. To a different school. Listen to music from Africa. Yes. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. <laughs>